Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Welcome to the Make Motherhood Diverse podcast. I am your host, Remy Charday. Right, so let's get into it. Welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, so just a bit of an introduction because for most of you, you might not necessarily know me and you might not necessarily know Make Motherhood Diverse. So Make Motherhood Diverse is a platform that was founded by some women who wanted to redefine the narrative of motherhood, but also to um, give some insight into the narrative of motherhood through the words of mothers themselves. There are a lot of different uh, attitudes towards motherhood, different ideas of motherhood, different assumptions of motherhood, but there up until now wasn't really one place where you could go and you could read hundreds of stories from different women who have been through various different experiences and so that's where tongue tied that's where make motherhood diverse was born from um i'm remy Charday. i am a writer and a podcaster that's why i'm in your ears right now um so the platform make motherhood diverse is based on uh, Instagram and the Instagram handle is at Make Motherhood Diverse and it is also available at makemotherhooddiverse.com. I should check that because I just said that off the top of my head and it would be very embarrassing if I was wrong. What the premise of this podcast is mainly is to share some more stories of women but in a different way. So as I've just said to you, the two ways that Make Motherhood Diverse is currently available are on Instagram and on their website. Both of those are very visual experiences. Um, and we're quite aware that not everybody has the time to sit down and read a blog post. Obviously, being a mum, you're usually quite busy doing something. Um, but also because there are some people who would like to engage with our platforms that are not uh, cited. And so this gives them another opportunity to have... Um, the feeling that they are also being catered to, we're thinking about them and they are being included, which is very, very important to make motherhood diverse. And it's a part of something that um, we have consistently aimed to uh, not just be aware of, but to actively uh, challenge the way that we um, engage with people. So I guess that's the housekeeping done. Um, what I like to do is look at various things in the news, see what's cropped up recently in the news about motherhood. So I've chosen two things that I found, which I think link quite nicely to each other. And they're, they're about working mums. Um, so Penelope Cruz has recently spoken about her, her experience of motherhood and how that affects her job. She is, for those of you who don't know, a very high profile Hollywood actress. Um, and she has two children who are five and eight years old. She has said that motherhood has transformed her life, which is something that I know most women can, um, or most mothers, should I say, can um, identify with to some degree, because in some way your life does change when you have a child. And it might not always feel like it has changed straight away, but eventually at some point you, you do sense that shift and for some women, it also happens in pregnancy as well. 
Um, so she's gone on the record and she said that every time I read a project, the first thing that I do is look at dates and location. My family is always together, so you have to find a way that works. My main priority is raising my kids, but this job fortunately makes it slightly easier because I'm not working the whole time. I know that for some mums, they would love to have the opportunity to say yes or no to a job based on the days or the times. Um, and that's something that a lot of people currently are trying to change because it, it does make it quite hard for women who don't have the most flexible um, work schedule when it comes to the work-life balance and spending time with their children. And that is why the actual name for this type of... Um, Oh, my mind's gone blank. I suspect it might be because I'm slightly nervous. I think that the name for this type of, I guess, change in, in work-life balance is known as flexible working. Um, and there are some people who are trying to push this forward for all people, not just for parents, but it would definitely benefit parents because it means that you can work different hours and spend more time with your children or maybe work the same hours but at different times which allows you to be there more and parent your children also she has said that when she was asked about whether or not she wanted to um shoot a film she said it's not the right time yet my kids are little and i don't work now as much as i did before she said that when you become a parent and you go through that process you realize that society tricks a lot of women and men too and there are so many taboos related to women. I want to throw that question out there to all of you. Please get back to us with your suggestions, your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions, all of that. This is an open conversation because I can understand that idea of feeling like there are many taboos. I can also understand the idea of saying that society tricks women. However, just to play devil's advocate, when you become a parent, I don't think anything can prepare you for that, including the taboos of society. So do you guys feel like it's a fair statement that she made? And in terms of her having such flexible working, if you had the opportunity to work flexibly, flexibly is not a word, if you had the opportunity to benefit from flexible working, and I was about to say, to benefit from the privilege of flexible working, but I don't know if it is a privilege because there are so many countries, especially within Europe, where um, flexible working is just the standard after you've had a child, uh, such as Finland and the Netherlands, I know, and also Germany. So we're a little bit behind, I guess. Um, yeah, what would you do at that time? How would you use it? Um, do you think it would make a huge difference to your life now that you've settled into the routine that you have? And if you are somebody who benefits from flexible working, especially if you're somebody who had to jump from a more strict routine, how did things change and, and how did that benefit you too? Um, and this also brings me on to my second, I guess, bit of information about motherhood in the news and that is about the presidential campaign so the not presidential campaign the presidential bids so loads of women in the midterm elections in america and the u.s um got put into office and this has meant that loads more women women have now been able to 
um, announce their presidential campaigns for 2020. If you have been watching the news, if you have been reading things, if you have been on social media, if you have been out of your house in the past six months, you will know that the situation in terms of the current political climate in the US is a little bit tense to say the least. However, one woman who's trying to change things is a lady called Kirsten Gillibrand and she's a Democrat, she's a Democratic nominee and what she has done is say that she wants to run for office but quite interestingly for quite a few of the interviews she has showcased her motherhood and her family life. One of the interviews, one of her more recent ones, she actually did the interview while she was cooking dinner with her son. Some people have said that they feel like her showcasing or using her motherhood when it comes to her job is unfair because it's um, something not not everybody can access. In hindsight, oh, I'm sorry, not in hindsight, in retrospect, no, retrospect and hindsight are the same thing. <laughs> um, on the flip side, <laughs> there are some people who actually think it's a phenomenal thing. I personally am one of those people. I think seeing women, seeing mothers, seeing people of colour, seeing anyone of any intersection, somebody who is non-binary or are part of the LGBTQ community in a position such as one like hers, where she can make some real change, showcasing that actually she does have elements of a normal life. I wouldn't say a normal life because she's still a politician. So there are certain things that we won't be able to relate to. I think it's very important. A big um, criticism of the current president is that he's out of touch, among other things, many other things. He's out of touch with reality. And it's possible that she doesn't cook her own dinner every day, but it's. I think it's nice for women to see. I think it's nice for mums specifically to see and to know that there is a politician who is likely to represent their beliefs more so, not, not that she definitely will, but is more likely to than potentially some other candidates. And parents raise future leaders and future generations and... and you know, the future of the world. So to have somebody in office making decisions that might be slightly more in the favour of those future generations, I think is a positive thing. Also, previously, female politicians were not encouraged to explore their family life or showcase it publicly because it would make them seem as though they were going to be distracted. Well, I think that you know, that, that's quite a, a dated view to have. And she isn't the only politician to speak about family life. Kamala Harris has also done it. So has Elizabeth Warren and also Amy Klobuchar. So I think that in general, when it comes to uh, female politicians and specifically mothers in positions of power, there is no reason why they shouldn't be able to showcase their reality. Um, and I think that if you're concerned for any reason, not that you would be, or if anyone was concerned about the effects of family life and motherhood on a politician, they should look to New Zealand because the prime minister of New Zealand actually is one of the first world leaders to have a baby in office, go on maternity leave and come back. And she's running the country just as well as she did before, while also being a parent to a newborn. And so the reason that I wanted to talk about this was because I wondered if any of you who are listening have ever felt like 
motherhood when it comes to your job not in terms of you know flexible working like we previously spoke about but just talking about it is it something that you shy away from um especially if you're in corporate environments is it something that you feel like will make you not be as respected as other members of your department or your team or more positively has motherhood helped you in terms of your career you know you know sharing that side of yourself has it helped you in terms of the way that you move through your workplace or or you approach your business um so yeah I just wanted to know what you guys thought about those two topics if there is absolutely anything in the news anywhere in the world to do with motherhood please send it in to mmdpodcast at gmail.com I will be patiently waiting um I love the fact that there is more um being shared and spoken about in general when it comes to motherhood so I think that all of these various different stories deserve um, a bit of recognition and a bit of an open conversation now we are going to listen to an interview that I had with a lady called Susie she runs the wiki mama on instagram and wiki places for kids I'm not going to give her too much of an intro because you can listen to our lovely 20 minute chat and find out all about her for yourselves I will catch you on the other side we are sitting down to have a conversation about all things you and your story and how we found each other to do this episode and um your involvement with uh like mmd and why you want to talk about yourself so i'm going to ask you some quick fire questions first of all um and then we'll get into chat so the first thing is you are a mum of how many three kids what are the ages of the babies? So I have got a nine-week-old, Lily, <clears throat> yeah. and a three-year-old and a five-year-old just started school. So they're literally like two and a bit years. Two and a bit years apart, yeah. How are you, how you doing? Um, coping pretty well, I think. Um, you know, we're still married, and that's one thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting up every day, yeah, and I'm managing to um, I'm managing to drink tea and, uh, and uh, eat biscuits all day. So, no, doing really well, and um, um, getting some sleep a little bit as well now. Thankfully, after last night. Amazing. And just to let you know, if you hear some babies in the background, um, <laughs> co-founder of MMD is here, but she's not on the episode. But you can say hi. <laughs> sorry she's drinking a drink um candice is here with rj and you have lily here with you as well rj is that your moment say hi to the people (laughs) um okay and you run a business i do yeah what is it let's let's find out i want to hear the story the history the hopes everything okay so I am the founder of um, website wikiplacesforkids.com, yeah. which is the trip advisor for parents looking for things to do, activities for the kids and the family. Mm-hmm. And everything on there is completely parent recommended, pre-verified, pre-vouched um, for. Yeah. Um, and basically it's like the shortcut to amazing places to go with your kids. So parents uh, like us, we're, everybody's, we're time poor, we haven't got time to be looking through endless search results. And what my site does is cuts to the chase and gives you the best places as recommended by parents in your area. So it's not um, an endless list, but literally an, like an edit of, of what's awesome. And is it uh, specific to England and Wales or just England? Or is it like, what what does it cover? What regions does it cover? Okay, so it's um, it's actually nationwide. Okay, places cool. been recommended by parents all across the UK but it has the scope to be worldwide. So mm-hmm. I have got places that have been recommended in Spain and in Dubai and oh, like in America. 
so so people who know about the site and who love it they have already recommended places to go right across the world Mm -hmm. which is awesome so it does have that scope but right now it's um the focus is to grow it in the uk and Mm -hmm. to to build it as this amazing directory and and wiki list basically is what i'm calling it as (laughs) as kemi telford would say this is the mother of all lists for parents (laughs) looking for awesome places to go with their kids how did you get into or not get into how did you come up with the idea was it um something that happened that made you think oh i wish i knew that there were these facilities or there weren't these facilities yeah or did it literally organically just grow out of your mind out of my mind (laughs) no so in truth what happened i had um my first i had my little boy and the job that i have done in the past is was a great job paid me well but it i don't live in london and the travel into london and all of the you know everything involved just would take me away from my home for sort of 14 hours a day and in truth after i had him i realized that this wasn't doable really going forward so to carry on with that kind of career which is sad because i liked it and i was good at it but i needed something else and i kind of looked at not on the high street and saw what these women had created i was like shit why can't i come up with something as amazing as that Anyway, so I had a lot of pressure on myself to try and find my own thing. And it didn't come until after I had um, uh, mini wikis, what I call her, um, Tilda. And after I, was, I had her, I was in my, on my maternity leave. And I just was racking my brains and desperate to come up with something. And I was killing myself over why I couldn't come up with a great idea. And obviously, everyone finds it hard to come up with a really great idea. But it just came to me. I was um looking for things to do i was looking online i was looking um for activities to do on my maternity leave and i just was really underwhelmed by the like the results i was finding on on the internet or i was overwhelmed by the amount and i was kind of clicking with from, between page and page and page of different things you need and, like a concentrated yeah like parent and I was just finding it really difficult and i thought you know you've got the expertise you've done this as a job why not actually go and have a go and create something yourself so I came up with the idea of wiki places for kids which was all entirely parent recommended because as parents we far more interested in word of mouth and what our friends like and what other people experience than you know just an endless list of um of of places that you could go without anything suggesting that actually it could be good we haven't got time for risk I mean in addition to not having time for risk I think that there's something really authentic about knowing that a real parent and a real family have gone and experienced this and they can tell you like whatever whatever it is or whatever it is to do yeah and also you know there are some places that you think are going to be great for kids and then you turn up with your kid and it's not exactly the case as well so do you also talk about um facilities for different abled families yes because i know that a lot of i think the main source of parents especially for me that i've ever gotten asking about recommendations are parents where one of the children is on the spectrum Mm -hmm. or they might have a different ability physical ability and they want to know if their family can still enjoy that experience so do you have a part that is kind of focused on that or that yeah recommendations where you guys talk about that yeah absolutely so there was um you can filter on all different types of activities on the site and one is um for children with sort of special abilities or special you know 
um, special requirements. Okay. Um, and what I'm encouraging um, this year, especially as we go, is I would really love to get more and more suggestions from parents who have that experience to add the places that they um, they take their children. Because I've been asked as well a million times really, yeah. for, for venues to, um, to support people with additional needs. And that's what I'd love the site to become that, basically. I think it's really important that you do talk about things like that yes. because you are very niche in the sense that there isn't another concentrated parent-run um, business where yeah. this is the model. And if people did specifically, if people who have various experiences did want to get in contact with you or get involved, how would they do that? And like, what is the role that they would take on? Or like, is it randomly ad hoc? Or is it that they can submit things? Like, how do they find you? Yeah, well, I've got a few different ways of people um, uh, getting in touch with me and working with me um, the site as I said is entirely user generated so any parent or carer or grandparent out there can add to the site and that's what we want we want um, just like TripAdvisor we want um, everybody, everyday people adding the places they love um, to the site and growing this amazing list so that we can all find it useful so basically you're helping other parents but if you'd like to work with me more officially um, I've got um, wiki ambassadors and wiki families and just have to get in touch with me via email which is hello at wikiplacesforkids.com or on Instagram which is at the wiki mama um, also on Facebook I'm on facebook.com slash wikiplacesforkids um, and DM me and I just would love to talk to people that want to be involved with it and to want to help this grow it's a massive community of parents looking for the very best places to go so we can all help each other and that's what I think you know when you're when you're busy and you're stressed what you need is um, other parents helping and so before you had kids before wiki places was born which is like you know the third or fourth child should i say mm -hmm. um yeah you worked in advertising yeah so i used to work in um digital advertising at agencies in london i was okay. a program director um which basically means running big groups of people who are the experts at building <laughs> amazing digital things so that you yeah. was in the big smoke and then yeah how did you transition out of london to doing wiki places like obviously you had your kids and so that was part of the journey but yep. did you was you planning to have kids was it something that was on your mind did you decide to move out of London or were you living out of London already like what was the the process so I met my husband while we were at work okay. together we worked together in the same place and he already lived out here in Buckinghamshire um he actually was married before so that was a bit awkward for a while <laughs> um and uh, we um, but that that relationship ended and we decided to move together in, in Buckinghamshire. So I lived in London for about six years and um, and just loved the countryside. Always had this idea of having a big pack of kids and a big pack of dogs, <laughs> and that, which is actually what we've ended up with. And um, and I love my job, but basically just found over time it's just not sustainable with a family. I just want to be present. I want to be here. I want to support. I want to be able to do the school run, you know, but I'm also a really hard worker and I really want to build this Thing that I really love so as I said before when I was uh, on maternity leave with Matilda um, the idea came to me and I, and I feel that this is the way I can achieve a balance of being uh, able to be a provider for the family in terms of finance and income but also being able to be the mum that I have in my head that I want to be um, and that's how I ended up out of London and this year is a really big year for me. I really need to grow this business and um, grow it to support the family and to, and to grow it into something as big as I believe it can be. Um, otherwise, the risk is that I will have to go back to that London job mm. and basically miss my family and get 
care for you know wrap around care around my already wrap having wrap around care <laughs> which I don't want to do um I want to build them I, I want to build the family as much as I want to build the business so to me this is a way of complementing both babies the wiki baby yeah. and the three that I already have <laughs> that's a really good point that idea which is pretty cool actually of building the family and building the business at the moment the conversation around working motherhood is can it be done mm. and I think that recently there's been a huge influx of women who are kind of like well I'm gonna bloody try and do you feel like that's where you're at now as well yeah absolutely I'm I am on the the edge I guess I am like I am on the edge of making something brilliant here I can see it I can feel it in my bones you know <laughs> that something big is going to happen but also the risk of it of it not working and having to go back to you know that paid job is I mean that's the thing that is firing my belly right now yeah the fear of, of like of, of missing the family and having to um, to go back to something which doesn't fire me up every day because this fires me up um, and yeah I, I think it's really difficult for mums to be to also be sort of big in business and to be earners because you're you're so compromised and I'm hell bent on making it work for us this year yeah is there anything that you didn't expect from motherhood that now you're in it you're just like wow like good or bad uh, there's lots of things that I I kind of think to myself god if only I wish if only I'd known that in the first you know before but in honest in all honesty I think there's nothing I really wish that I'd known before because there are so many things which are really difficult that might actually have completely put me off <laughs> yeah. you know if I'd have known how hard it was going to be on our relationship for example if I knew the strain that would have taken on yeah. that if I knew um how sleep deprived you know you'd end up or how how guilty you spend your life with the mum girl mm. how compromised you you feel um I you know I don't know that I'd have always made some of the decisions that I have. Yeah. Um I think it's pretty cool and I also think there's this idea that when you don't fear the unknown it's like usually you assume that's a good thing. Mm. But then the unknown comes which is basically motherhood. Um and you learn so much and you kind of realize what you're made of and maybe yeah. if you had known certain things you'd have a different plan and wiki places for kids yeah. wouldn't have become what it has become so it's kind of like a double-edged sword it's good and bad mm. and you kind of just take the rough with the smooth and figure out what you can do and see what comes of it next but i'm very excited for wiki places for kids thank you and if people want to find you and find out more about you as well because even though you do run wikiplacesforkids.com you also have a family like you said that you're building and you're sharing about and in your third pregnancy, actually, do you want to talk about it? Because you gave bump updates and you spoke a bit more about your personal mm. experience of, you know, going from the second to the third. And we spoke about it before we started recording. And what did you say to me? So um, I've had a bit of a bumpy road with my pregnancies and with my births. And um, I've ended up with two C-sections and, um, and a natural birth, not in that order. But <clears throat> interestingly, I really thought that with... Um, micro wiki which is Lily um, I really thought that I was taking control of the situation with a third birth so I had a emergency c-section with my first I, I really was just desperate to have a natural birth with the second because for some reason in my head I thought that in some way I might have like failed by not being able to 
I think the words failure to progress are just really shit for, for mums and that's the, what they labelled me is my first pregnancy Jeez. so I think that spurred me on yeah. to try and have a natural birth literally sort of right at the 11th hour in my second uh, in my second pregnancy in, in the second labour I almost I was almost forced into um, a um, into a c-section and and somehow like some by some kind of divine intervention or something I was like mind over matter I literally forced her out and she came flying out of me like an octopus and <laughs> but as a result I also ended up with an episiotomy and a third degree tear and then after that it also actually ended up with a um, repair to my perineum right on the sides which was not very fun so having gone through all that I also basically I when it came to my third pregnancy I was like right I've ended up with an emergency section I've ended up with this kind of quite um catastrophic um second birth and, and this time I'm going to take control of it and I'm going to have an elected mm. section as it turns out you know you can't control anything because what I'd seen with other people was that you went in on a Thursday you came out on a Friday and it was all totally controlled and, and it, you know you knew what was going to happen not with me I went in on <laughs> Thursday I came out on Monday and I literally almost self-discharged because um you know you you can't control what's going to happen to you and I had a couple of complications and this and that and um, it it just proves that no matter what you expect from your pregnancy or your birth, that you, you have to be prepared for something around the corner. And and I was a bit shell shocked actually after having um, Lily because I hadn't prepared myself for there being anything other than the perfect elected yeah elected section. Of course. And and it took me a good week or so to get myself out of the kind of funk that I'd got in um, that it hadn't worked out so well. Yeah. But. Do you know what? We're recovering now. The body's recovering. I've got my shift the shelfy challenge on. <laughs> what right is now. your shift the shelfy challenge? So, quite a lot of people, um, when you have a C section, um, can end up, depends on what you were like before, but can end up with this kind of shelf thing that sticks out at the bottom. If you can imagine a balloon and you tie like an elastic band around it really tight, yeah. that's, that's kind of what happens with the scar on your skin. And um, you can end up with this like shelf. So, I'm on this shift the shelfy thing. I don't feel that comfortable in my skin right now. I can't afford to go out and completely rebuy my entire wardrobe, yeah. <laughs> so I've got to get back into my clothes. Um, so I am doing like small steps to losing weight, to gaining, um, to doing a bit more exercise, and um, I'm breastfeeding. So I'm not going to be on some stupid radical, you know, five-two diet to, yeah. to lose weight overnight. But I just need a gradual reduction so that I feel more confident in and, you know, in myself and basically I can fit into my clothes <laughs> how do you feel about I don't know what to call it but how do you feel about the attitude towards the post baby bod um and the fact that for some women for them it's just mm. accepting the skin you're in but then there are some women like you who do want to lose weight or change their body or mm. address the fact that you know for things like having a c-section it creates a new waistline for them yeah. um how do you feel about it I think in some ways you're like damned if you do and damned if you don't so there's obviously a whole um, camp of people out there who would just 100% embrace the body and be cross with me for um, suggesting that I should lose weight that as if I'm not proud that of what my body has created and of course I am I am hugely proud of what my body has done I've got these few three beautiful children mm -hmm. but I am ravaged literally on a third pregnancy my body was like fuck off <laughs> I am not um, I am not going back after the first one 
I was much younger and I was a lot fitter and my body did ping back. But right now I'm, I'm on my third pregnancy. I've got this thing called diastasis recti, which is where your um, stomach muscles basically have pulled apart. Um, and you need to really work hard on your core from the inside out. Like yeah. you can't just, you can't just a few sit-ups isn't going to sort it out to bring them back together. So I think, you know, your, your body completely changes. And when you've been used to 35 years or whatever of, of looking one way, yeah. I don't think that you should ever expect someone to be completely happy with being a completely different shape and size. Yeah. You know, you're, if you're feeding, um, then you, your boobs are a lot bigger than they are. Mine are actually lopsided because she loves to feed off the right, not the left. You know, and that is a bit crappy in itself. Um, I, as you said, the waistline, I'm like, look like I've been pinched in the middle um, by an elastic band. And, and it's really important that you feel like you look nice in your clothes. Like I you think, feel comfortable. That you feel comfortable and confident. And I think it's important that we do stress that the the issue here is not your size it's about how you feel about what you look like and that includes your size but it's not that you want to be a set size no and you're not saying that that's gonna solve everything it's just that for you it's a change exactly and for most women they do go through that change and the narrative at the moment around you know the post baby body is very much or the narrative around womanhood and body at the moment is you know accept the skin that you're in and i think part of accepting the skin that you're in can sometimes be accepting that you're not comfortable in the skin that you're in and things like your shift the shelfie challenge are you kind of holding yourself accountable for that and yeah. also trying to remedy it in a way that mm. you are comfortable and is healthy for you because it's not realistic to suggest that like you said you go on some radical diet when you've got three kids a household to run a business yeah. to run yourself to take care of as well a relationship to be in so i think that it's really quite um significant that you're talking about this and if people want to know more about I guess your shift the shelfie challenge yeah, where can they me. find you so I'm doing quite a lot on stories right now so it's a bit like a, stories um, on Instagram Instagram sorry yeah <laughs> Instagram stories um so I am holding myself accountable like you said so I'm not stopping myself from having like all the chocolate bars and all the biscuits and things like that but what I'm trying to do is just be honest about it and share so when I'm eating a chocolate bar I'll video it and I'll be like this is what I'm doing mm -hmm. and and in all honesty you're going to look at it and you're going to think oh my god you are you you know gluttonous fat fuck you're, you're <laughs> eating loads but um, all it is doing is it's stopping me from eating so many things because I'm thinking oh do I really want to share that how embarrassing so it is stopping me so follow me on stories I'd love you to join me hashtag in shift the shelfie at the wiki mama um, yeah, it's a, it's a slow gradual process but it's helping me get out more helping me think about what I'm eating a bit more and I'm just being realistic I'm never going to be a size 10 I don't want to be a size 10 I'm a mum-shaped person, and that's I'm <laughs> You're always mum-shaped. Yeah, person. <laughs> I'm always going to be mum-shaped from now on. But I and I love it. Um, but I just need to just be a little bit, um, you know, a little bit. Uh, as I said in, in a post the other day, I need to lose my least attractive pounds. Um, just <laughs> Keep to the get, other ones. Yeah, the other ones are fine. But um, just to kind of get myself down to being a tiny bit more comfortable. Oh well, thank you for talking to me and having, having me in your beautiful home and. Just to reiterate, your social media handle is at Wikimama. At the Wikimama. At the Wikimama. Yeah. On Instagram okay. and on Facebook, people can find you. At facebook.com slash wiki places for kids, which is sounds a bit like the Wikipedia. So it's W-I-K-I-P-L-A-C-E-S. 
for okay. kids yeah. and the website is wikiplacesforkids.com that's it yeah. amazing well thank you for talking to me and i guess we'll see more of you soon excellent thank you so much now we've nearly come to the end of this wonderful episode what well, i think it's wonderful i hope you do too please do let me know <laughs> um and leave your comments your likes subscriptions all of that stuff um if you would like to be involved or feature on this podcast please send your submission to mmdpodcast at gmail.com if you would like to send a submission to be featured on the instagram feed with one of your stories then please send that submission to make motherhood diverse at gmail.com um, i am your host remy Chardé. my instagram handle is at books baby and back and the instagram handle of make motherhood diverse is simply that at make motherhood diverse before i go i'm going to close us with a story from a woman called katherine emrick I think I've always looked back at my childhood with feelings of sadness. I didn't have things or a father to play with when I came home from school. We never lived in a real house, just apartments, and my grandma and my grandpa always had to help us get by. It was quiet with just my mum and I, and I remember feeling alone, even when she was there with me. She was disconnected and always worried, and I know now how hard it is to be present when you feel like the sky is falling down. Looking back at all of it, I feel lucky to have had such a strong woman guiding me. I see her when I look in the mirror some days, the hard ones, when I can't help but sit on the floor behind the bathroom door and cry, when the worry is overwhelming, and you know you weren't the best mum that day, you fold and feel like at any moment your whole life could be ripped away. When I carry the girls into the bedroom after they've fallen asleep on the sofa waiting for me to finish up work is when all the missed opportunities to say I love you hit me in the face. All the go plays, the inner minutes and please just let me finishes flash in my head and I can't help but think about how my mum felt when she was holding me in her arms. I know that I wouldn't be able to survive this chapter of my life if it weren't for her. I hope that one day my daughters and sons will see how much they mean to me and how hard I pushed myself to keep us moving forward. Love you, Mama. See you next year. Those were the beautiful words of Catherine Emrick. Thank you for listening to the Make Motherhood Diverse podcast.